franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with the business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Thank you for joining us today. This is episode nine of Unpredicted Entrepreneur. I'm Roxanne Rapsky, and this is Sarah Wasco. And as usual, we are continuing to provide you with education on entrepreneurship and franchising. Today, we have with us Mark Jameson from Propelled Brands. I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Mark, and then after that, Sarah and I would love to hear how it is that you fell into the world of franchising. Awesome. Well, thank you both for having me. Good to see you. Uh, very excited to be here. Um, my name is Mark Jamison. I am the Chief Development and Support Officer for Propelled Brands. Uh, many may not know Propelled Brands. Propelled Brands was born out of Fast Signs, which was the uh, leading sign and graphics uh, brand for 30 plus years. Uh, and we decided to start acquiring up companies and create a platform company. And so today, Propelled Brands is Fast Signs, Nerds to Go, and My Salon Suites uh, are the three brands that are compromised inside of the Propelled Brands family. And you want to hear about how I got started? Yes. All right. You know, franchising is interesting. I love talking to candidates and others because I don't think anybody ever starts thinking they're going to go into franchising, right? right. Uh, you know, I, I studied business administration and never would have guessed that I'd be doing franchising, but love what I do. I was a banker in Connecticut for a number of years, had a great career. Uh, at a very young age, I was a VP of operations and enjoyed what I was doing. And uh, back in the banking crisis in the 80s, dating myself a bit, um, uh, we failed and uh, I was out of work. And uh, like many people who are seeking second careers in franchising, um, I started working at a coffee beanery, which is a franchise company as a store manager. And uh, they recognized I had broader experience and uh, moved me to the headquarters in Flushing, Michigan, and worked my way up there for a while and became eventually VP of operations when I left. So, and then I've continued my career in franchising and I love franchising because there's nothing like watching entrepreneurs live and achieve their dreams. And uh, that's that. So it's it wasn't my intent, but it's been an amazing experience. And now it's been 30 plus years. Wow. We heard those stories a lot. You know, something just kind of accidentally happens and you fall into uh, something that you really probably love more than what you were doing before. So it's really interesting to hear that they recognized you had broader experience because that's a lot of what we talk with about our clients is what your um, transferable skills might be, even though you might not have industry experience. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, I'm curious a little bit more about the whole Propelled Brands idea and the Fast Signs obviously has been around for a long time yeah. and then the acquisitions. Just expand on that a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, absolutely. Love to more about so that. I joined Fast Signs 12 years ago. Uh, Catherine Monson, who many of you know, is the chair of the International Franchise Association. I uh, was the first executive she hired after she joined the company in early 09, charged with us helping develop and grow. And we've done an amazing job. We, uh, In my time there, we've added 300 locations. We've probably sold a couple hundred resales and we've grown the brand. 
Um, but we are starting to run out of markets, and mm-hmm. uh, we have built an amazing team, uh, a great group of people. We've had great growth, and we felt like one of the ways to grow was to take that talent and spread it across other opportunities. And so with our private equity owners, we had been seeking uh, other brands that we thought would fit the family. For us, we're looking for, and we've acquired brands that are primarily either B2B, which is what FastSign serves, a B2B customer, um, or services. And so in September of 2020, we acquired, in the middle of the pandemic, uh, a small franchise we're based in Connecticut called nerds to go had about 30 locations. Uh, and we love the technology space, while it has a direct-to-consumer component to it on the break-fix and all of that, um, we felt the bulk of the opportunity would come from business-to-business, serving uh, companies, smaller companies as their outsourced IT department. And so uh, we'll grow that brand. Today, we're 34 locations. We expect to be at three to 500 in the next three to five years. And then in uh, the summer of 21, we just acquired our third brand, which is My Salon Suites, which we're thrilled. And if you don't know that, we're not in the hair business. Good thing, because I probably wouldn't know much about it. Um, (laughs) But what we really are is the real estate business. We rent six to 10,000 square foot spaces and divide them into um, smaller suites. And like we all deal with entrepreneurs, small entrepreneurs can rent the space. What we like about that model different from the other two is it's semi-absentee. Uh, both Fast Signs and nerds to go are true owner-operator models. Uh, for us, it was nice to have a brand that was slightly different. And so we are going to continue to acquire other companies. I would suspect by this time next year, we may have two other brands or more under our belt. And our focus is really what we're good at. We believe we're great at the B2B side of the business, both from a marketing and branding and driving business to our franchisees, and as well as um, services. And uh, fits the, those brands have fit really well into the portfolio. So more to come. Very exciting. Well, and I feel- And more to come with Fran that's help. Yes, absolutely. We're um, excited to have you add all those brands. And you know, kind of going to what you just said about semi-absentee, I feel like the model that you just described of My Salon Suites is about as semi-absentee as it gets, um, just because of the way that model works. Now, I believe that there's just the only employee that you have really is the, the receptionist. And then you really don't have any other people working for you. Is that correct? Better than that. So my salon suites is actually almost a zero on staff uh, uh, model. So uh, in the beginning, the owner is going to spend that first 12 to 18 months leasing the spaces, putting in place services. But the way they've designed the facilities, what we love about it is they don't have a receptionist. It's a completely secure entry. Uh, All of the salon professionals have a key card that accesses the building turns it on, it's a very secure digital platform. And so once it's up and running and occupancy rates are now 85, 90%, that's the whole focus, it's about occupancy in that model, um, you're running maybe five hours a week. Um, And very often it is a senior executive um, who uh, it is a higher investment. So we're looking for people who are a million plus in net worth really Mm -hmm. at the minimum. And most of them are multiples, three and five, and it's about cash flow. Um, So it's, you know, you typically would hire somebody after that ramp. Uh, In the beginning, you're going to focus on leasing. Once you're fully leased, now you're there five hours a week. And, you know, I didn't believe it when we looked at the brand and we spent time with a franchisee here in Dallas who owns 
probably 15 of them in Texas. Wow. And he said, if you spend That's more than five hours in there, you're kind of getting in the way. <laughs> and these are salon professionals. They right. want to run their own business. Yes. And uh, I was really surprised by that. So it's um, so unlike others in the space, they don't have a receptionist, which also was very helpful during COVID. The, it was a much more safer security. Yeah. So while other salons didn't open, they were able to open because every space is locked and secured. There's one person in a salon yeah. uh, in the in the in the suites. So yeah, it's a, it's a great model from that end of it. If somebody really wants an investment to build a portfolio, maybe they have other brands, maybe they like real estate, because it really is almost a real estate play. That's really what it is. You're not in the salon business per right. se. Uh, we provide a lot of services to the salon professionals uh, to make sure we keep that stickiness in the relationship. So one thing that you mentioned that really um, was eye-opening for me was when I first looked at your portfolio of brands, it made sense to me with Fast Signs and Nerds to Go because those are both B2B. And then you look at my salon suites and my initial thought was, well, that's out there. That's different. But it does make sense now that you've described it because your, your clients, your customers as the owner of a salon suite is another business professional. And that business professional um, is leasing that space from you as the owner, and, and you're basically the landlord, and then you own the, the facility. So are you, and you may or may not be able to tell us, you said you want to expand, so are you going to bring in something that kind of correlates with what you already have, or are you expecting something totally different and out there, or can you say? <laughs> I can say a little bit. I can tell you that our target uh, is probably not likely the same verticals we're already in, right? We okay. think we we own the sign and graphic space. Uh, we're going to do that with nerds and salons separately. We really want other business to businesses. But it's funny, your comment on people don't think of salon suites that way because they don't. I mean, right. we had to explain to 700 franchisees, we announced it like we're going into the hairstyle business um, and it really is a real estate play. So now we're looking for, uh, I don't know that the same verticals, we don't need related. What we believe the value we add um, is in helping our business-to-business franchisees attract businesses, support those businesses. And now as Propelled Brands, our goal is to take where we can bring greater value to the entire network with credit card processing rates and freight and shipping costs, things that all small businesses need. And we're actively working on that. So we'll continue to keep each brand separate. We don't want to homogenize them. Um, and then the same hand, we'll continue to add services so that our franchisees look at that and go, wow, there is a benefit of being part of the Propelled Brands family. And in fact, we have existing franchisees who've said, hey, I got an owner-operator business here. Maybe I need to look at salon suites because I can still continue to operate my other business mm-hmm. and add this to the portfolio. So, uh, so I can't tell you what we're looking at, but I can tell you that uh, I suspect we're uh, we'll, we may, by the end of the year, add one more brand to the portfolio, uh, but certainly with, by this time next year, I would expect we'd have two more. Oh. We're seeing a lot of trends with this type strategy. Yes. Um, because we've had other guests on uh, that were in similar scenarios where they were maybe, I guess you call it a parent or a platform, platform. is what we call it, but yeah. Okay. Words, and yeah. then acquiring other brands within that platform. So I'm seeing that trend. So you mentioned the type of owner that you're looking for for salon suites. I was curious, 
with the acquisition of Nerds to Go and already having a, how many franchisees do you have with, you mentioned 34 or so with Nerds to Go. How many Fast Signs franchisees? 750 locations. Okay. We do have a small majority that are minority owned. So we're probably about 600 plus actual franchisees, but we're 750 in nine countries and we're wow. at a pace of uh, opening probably two to three a month still. Wow. Uh, wow. We just... Had a great month in September, signed four new franchise agreements. So, uh, we, uh, uh, so we're going to continue to grow that brand as well. Yeah. What is it that you look for in a franchisee? Who does well in your system or any of your systems? Yeah, if I took Fast Signs and Nerds to go separately, you know, because those are owner operators. What's funny is we're not looking for technology people on the Nerds to Go brand, and we're not looking for signing graphics people on the Fast Signs brand. In fact. We've had some of those that haven't worked out because yeah. they have tunnel vision, right? Mm -hmm. If I don't need you, I don't see the value you mm -hmm. bring as franchisor. So we're really looking for a very similar, uh, you know, $300,000 net worth, 80000 liquid capital. We have our own financing that we've arranged so we can finance anybody who meets our criteria. But from a, um, a perspective, uh, marketing people work really well, people who are visionaries, uh, executives, VPs, director of sales. Both of those models are driven by what I like to call community engagement. Yeah. So we really want people that are going to be building relationships. We don't want Fast Signs franchisees hanging signs. Right. We don't want them in the back room. And no different than with nerds to go We don't want them fixing computers. We really want them to. So we're looking for people who want to build an organization. Typically, they've been in some senior level management role. And now they want to build their own enterprise, their own organization, create an amazing culture. Um, and their role is going to be focusing on driving the business, but also helping uh, either hire outside salespeople at some point in time, or in some cases in the beginning, they may be the business development person. That's really out going to chamber events because these businesses, while they are um, global, it's local. It's all yeah. about the local mm -hmm. relationships at the chamber of commerce and the lead groups and those type of things for both brands. So honestly, a candidate for Fast Signs and Nerds to Go is very similar. Uh, Salon Suites, as I mentioned, because it's semi-absentee, is really more of a high net worth, typically a very senior level executive yeah. or investor who is kind of looking for a place to put money yeah. and get a nice return on it, but doesn't want or desire to be involved on a daily basis. So our franchisees in both Fast Signs and Nerds to Go need to be able to carry on conversations. They need to be able to be engaged in the community, um, hopefully hire great people. I always say I've never seen a franchisee that's successful with a bad culture, right? <laughs> right. So they also have to create yeah. this great culture yes. of empowerment with their people. Um, those that are out hanging signs, often I look at and go, that's not where you, you can hire somebody to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You need to drive the business. You know, answer your question? It does. And it's funny because I always say to my clients that when you're uh, in business for yourself, you're a lot like a politician. You need to be out shaking hands and kissing babies, not hanging signs or fixing computers or whatever it is that you're talking about. And it's hard because many of them, you know, came from senior backgrounds. So they're a little bit of a control freak. I am times. So my team would tell you, <laughs> right? right? I think anybody who's successful is a little bit. <laughs> and we sort of teach them, you kind of have to let those things go yes. and let people make mistakes because that's how they grow. Yes. Um, but the business always does better. And nobody wants to be feeling like they have to be there five days a week or six days a week, right? It's nice to be able to go vacation because you can recharge your batteries that way. Yeah. I think a lot of people, it is a mindset change to be out and doing some of those things. They may not have had to do that in their corporate career, but a lot of the 
feedback that I get from people when they start doing that is that they enjoy yeah, it and yes. they find it really fun and um, they really appreciate the opportunity to be involved in their community and support their community and be a member of the Chamber of Commerce yeah. and sponsor golf tournaments and just those types of things that you need to be able to do to create awareness for your business in the community. And what you were talking about, you know, not out there hanging signs and working in your business, that's a hard lesson, I think, for people to learn. Because for me, I, I certainly am not obviously in the sign business, but I tried to do everything because yeah. I thought I should be able to do that. Oh, I can learn to do that. But the reality is, if I'm doing those things, yeah, I'm capable. Yes. I can do it. But is that where my time is best spent? And if for us in all new businesses, and, and I know you both know this, is a transition. In the beginning, you almost have to do everything, right? Yes. you got to be a little bit of jack of all trades. Yeah. It's also good to know what, what has to be done because mm -hmm. it's easier to manage something when you know what it is. The question is, at what point do you begin to say, now I'm going to move into a, a different role? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I, it's, it is difficult. We have some franchises do it well and some who balance it. And uh, you got to make what works for you. And as long as it's a successful business, we can teach them what success looks like. So. Well, and I think success looks different to different people. 100% agree. Yep. So that's a conversation that we often have with our clients is you have a goal to do X, whether it's earn a certain amount or have flexibility for your family or whatever that might be. And other owners may have different goals. So while you're talking to franchisees and asking some of these questions, just because someone isn't making as much money as you would like to make doesn't mean there's an issue or a problem. I mean, there could be, but it could also just be that perhaps they're content with what they're making. I so relate to that. I remember when we went through one of the uh, changes in private equity ownership, you know, when you go through a process like that, they look at everything and they're like, well, why is this person only doing this? This is a great market. And I learned a lot as we went followed up and it was like, well, we talked to them and like, look, I had a big career. This is sort of my retirement. I like yeah. being here and I want to work hard, but I'm making money. I don't need to make this amount of money. Right. Um, uh, but I want those nights and weekends and I want to travel. And others are like, I want to be as successful as I can. I want to be number one. Um, so I, I, it is hard sometimes, but yeah, you're right. I mean, entrepreneurship is about what makes you happy. Right. Uh, and if anything, through COVID, we probably all learned to say, what really does make me happy, right? Now I've got this time to think. So I agree with you. It's, it is difficult, though, for sure, to, to, to think that way as a franchisor, because I want every location to be a top-tier location. Sure. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a completely opposite question. So we're talking about success and what do you look for in your franchisees. I get this question a lot. So I want to hear it from you. Okay. Why would a franchise fail? It's a great question. You know, in our models, and, and certain models may be different, but for us, it's never the location. It's never the market. Any location that's ever failed or closed, we've reopened to the market. And I have stories that would just blow people away in terms of the change. We believe it's driven by the owner, right? And in our case, we also believe it's driven by the one word everybody in franchising should learn is follow the model. We have a... That's three words. And now, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I counted that. Our franchise sentence, I meant to say. We have a franchisee who just sold his business after 35 years, got an amazing return. He was one of the top stores in the network. And he would get so frustrated. He'd call me. He's like, why are these people calling me, Mark? Because they want to know what success looks like. I tell them all the same thing. Follow Ooh. the system. And, and it works. And so, you know, we always say, look, in the beginning, when you don't know the business, follow the model. We can help you when you do. 
when you get successful and you start to hit different tiers, then you can begin to become more entrepreneurial with things like local marketing and engagement in the community and creating uh, things that are important to you, maybe giving back to the community and things of that nature. But in the beginning, you bought into a brand, follow the model, follow the support, um, and let them help you. And, and so I think the biggest reason I see franchisees fail is unfortunately they think they know better. And my market's different. And I can tell you, I've heard that in every market I've ever been in, and it really isn't that different. <laughs> so I have a little story to tell you yes. um, about two clients of mine that bought the same brand. And they were, um, I follow them both on social media. And one of them is a brick and mortar. And yeah. one of them was engaged in the community, um, involved uh, reaching out to the schools. It was a dessert franchise. And so she was doing the night, you know, the special nights um, for giving back to the schools yeah. and the baseball teams and all that sort of thing. The other one didn't do any of that. I didn't see anything on social media. I think it was a scenario of expectation of if I build it, they're just going to come here and I don't have to do anything. So he was ready to sell. So my other client bought his location. And when I saw her later, I asked her how it was going. And she said, well, let me just tell you, we did more business in October than they did all of last year. And so that completely ties in with what you just said with nothing. The location was exactly the same. The only thing that changed with that business was the owner. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I do think there's a little bit to your point, Sarah, that people buy a brand and they think put the sign on the door and it's going to follow. Right? right. And I don't you know, especially the world has changed a lot in 12 months mm. and it's going to continue to change. Yeah. Yes. And so I think that being engaged in your business, telling your story in social media, getting PR out there. We have a program at Fast Signs that will mirror probably what the other brands called Fast Signs Cares. And it's all about the franchisee choosing what organization is important to them. Could it be veterans? It could be uh, homeless. It could be any number of things. And they tie that into their business. And it's a way for them to give back, but it's also a way for them to engage with the community. So it, it's, it's, it is sort of amazing that some people buy a brand and think they can put the sign on the door and that's the answer. And that's just the beginning. But you should be able to follow the system. Right. So it's a great story. Great client. story, though. Well, it is. I, I'm really glad I was able to get that feedback from yeah. her um, because I do tell it a lot. Really, the only thing that changed was the owner. Um, and the I had a thought that just totally left me. So, <laughs> well, so I'll fill in because I have a thought. Okay, um, good. <laughs> Far be it for me to have an opinion. Um, uh, now I'm going to forget what I was going to say. No, I say this to all my clients is we're talking about following the system, right? If if you, the number one thing a franchisor is looking for is someone that's going to follow a proven system and that sees the benefit in that. If you don't see that or want that, why are you going to pay the thirty or forty or fifty thousand dollar franchise fee to get the secret sauce and the secret recipe? of this brand if you don't want it. That was yeah. my thought. Don't, <laughs> so don't buy the franchise if you're not going to follow the system. And yes. we'd say don't the same thing, right? Go do something I don't else. want you in my network if you're not going to follow the system. Yeah. No, just the same. Catherine, our CEO, and I are big believers in the best ideas come from the network, right? So yeah. we listen to our franchisees and oftentimes some of our best products, tools, programs, or something a franchisee said, hey, I got a great yeah. idea but then let us help create it, develop it, and make it a program. Um, and uh, so it, it's, it is true. It's, you know, look, there's a lot of ways in any franchise model, I believe that you can live your entrepreneurial dream yeah. and make it yours, 
Social media is an example of that engagement in the community. But that just shouldn't change the core system. No. And great segue, because I do want you to tell us a little bit about your CEO, um, Catherine Munson. We know she's an incredible woman. And I also want you to tell us a little bit about the diversity and initiatives that you guys have going on. And we'll kind of wrap up with that. Yeah, sure. Great. So uh, I've worked with Catherine the entire time I've been here. I was the first executive she hired. She joined the company in early 09. I was at early, uh, late 09. And it's just been an amazing ride. Catherine is the uh, chairwoman today of the International Franchise Association. She's actually the only person who served two years, much related to COVID. So they felt like having that continuity was important. Um, and, and Catherine's just an amazing leader, you know. She is really a great visionary. When she joined the company, she visited probably a couple hundred franchisees in their locations uh, in town hall meetings. Her and I are both like to be in the field. And from that built a blueprint for us that has really gotten us to where we were. And we focus on four key strategic objectives she laid out during that time to this day. And it follows us through our three, three, four, three brands today. Sorry. Um, that is to drive franchisee profitability. Even though we get paid on sales, Profitable franchisees are happy franchisees and willing to reinvest. Then to drive average unit volume to the next level. Third is to focus on driving the brand. We do that two ways. One of those ways you help us with, which is adding new locations and adding new franchisees. The other is driving marketing, right? We spend a lot of money on driving the brand. And the fourth is franchise satisfaction. Uh, And we measure franchise satisfaction through several third parties. We want their feedback because we know that's how we improve. We're always looking for continuous improvement. So Catherine really has developed that. And what she knows, and part of why I think franchising is important to her, is that unit-level economics is what it's all about for a franchisee. Mm -hmm. If it's profitable, if it has a good track record, and do we listen to our franchisees. Uh, So it's been uh, amazing. Uh, Last year, um, in the summer uh, of 2020, we formed a diversity and inclusion council. Uh, we have franchisees from all walks of life, from all backgrounds, and uh, we um, selected about 10 franchisees that have helped us uh, really kind of become more inclusive as a company, as a, for a lot of things, A, to recruit franchisees, yeah. um, but also to recruit employees. We're in a tough employment yes. market right mm-hmm. now. And if you tell employees that you're going to be open and you're inclusive, whether they're black, white, gay, straight, whatever it is, yeah. they're going to be welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, that has made a big difference for us. And and uh, we're continuing to work on that. I was also involved with the IFA and helped form the Pride Council with uh, another friend in franchising. And so it's just nice to see that franchising is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can create your own path aside from being part of the bigger realm. So yeah, Catherine is an amazing leader. She is a mentor. I've learned a lot from her. Um, and she's really been the one that has had this vision of us being a multi-brand company. We've both worked in multi-brand platforms before, and it's so nice now to see that vision coming to life. And uh, I think what we enjoy most is just the success of our franchisees. There's nothing better than watching a franchisee, and you all see it too, right? When somebody comes in and they have a dream, and three years later, they're far achieving that dream and their goals, be it to buy a second home or travel more, or whatever it is. And yeah. That's a wonderful thing. So. Or add businesses to their portfolio. Exactly. We get we all get to change lives in different ways. And we do. Yeah. That's what franchising is about. Yeah. Right? I'll never forget a month or two ago, I was just in the grocery store and I got a text and it was a client sent me, um, it was a certificate or an award of some sort where he had gotten franchisee of the year. And it just made me so happy that he gave me that feedback mm-hmm. and that he had had you done so well. You helped him get there, right? Exactly. And yeah. it was just so 
he was in a spot that he just really needed to change, and he's he's very happy with his with his circumstances. Yeah, we yeah. love. Uh, we're so excited. We're going to have an in person convention for the first time in two years uh, in Dallas in February for our franchisees and. You know, we had to do awards and recognitions virtually, and it wasn't the same. No. Uh, so we're all looking forward to being on stage and hugging and talking about people's success and really celebrating their success. Uh, we know that as a franchisor, if they're not successful, it doesn't do us any good, right? right. We all have to be successful together. I love that. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show, and we learned so much about the history of Fast Signs and Propel Bearing propelled brand. So thanks so much. Um, we sure. are going to wrap up our session today. If you would like more information about FranNet, please look up Roxanne Rapsky and Sarah Wasco on LinkedIn. Um, you can also follow our YouTube channel, which is FranNet of Dallas, Fort Worth and Oklahoma. So thanks again for joining us today, and we will look forward to seeing you next time. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye.